Chapter 4 Rachel I don't know how long I was unconscious, but when I came to, I was on the surface of the water. I was lolling there like some kind of dead fish. First thought, where are the others? Second thought, how long have I been in morph? Cassie! Tobias! Jake! I yelled in thought speak. No answer. I moved my tail and flippers. Okay, at least I wasn't injured. I dove below the surface and looked around. The water was clearer than it had been. Strange, given the fact that a nuclear warhead had just exploded. Morgo! Axe! I was wondering when you'd get around to calling me. Marco answered. He glided up beside me. Have you seen any of the others? No, but I was knocked out. I fired an echolocation burst. Fish. A pair of distant whales. No dolphins. Although if they were floating on the surface, they might not show up. I have an idea. Marco said. We dive down, then look up. They should be silhouetted against the sun. Good idea. Only it's raining. There's no... I'd been about to say there was no sun, but the golden rays were piercing the water around me. Must have cleared up. Man, we may have been out a long time. We dove down deep. We looked up. And there, outlined against the sun, were four tapered shapes. Come on! I said, and shot toward them. I bonked one of them with my nose. Hey, what? What? Tobias yelped. Jeez, you scared me to death. Good grief, I thought you were one of those lousy wildcats. Tobias, only you would wake up and suddenly worry about wildcats, Marco said. Try sleeping in a tree in the woods, he grumbled. You'll worry about them too. We nudged each of the others. Axe and Jake revived. Cassie revived too, but she woke up screaming in pain. That's when we noticed the blood leaking from her eyes and blowhole. Oh, oh, it hurts! Demorph! Jake yelled. Trying, trying, oh, oh! Gradually, the gray rubbery flesh melted away, and a human girl emerged. As she demorphed, the dolphin's pain was left behind. I nuzzled in close, giving her a dorsal fin to hang on to. Wow, that really hurt! She said calmly, once her human mouth was back in place. She looked around. Why is the water so calm? Why is it sunny? She lifted herself up a foot out of the water, using Jake and me as support. Then, she settled back. Um, am I awake? Of course. And this isn't a dream? Can't be a dream, Marco said. There's not a single Baywatch girl around. Carmen is always there when I dream. You're sure this is reality? Cassie asked before I could make a crushing remark to Marco about the total impossibility of Carmen and Electra ever even looking at him. Cassie, it's not a dream, Jake said. Okay, then why is there a volcano over there? No one said anything for a few seconds. Then, all at once, we dove down under, leaving Cassie floundering and yelling, Hey! I dove down twenty feet, turned, and powered my way straight up. I exploded from the water, smooth and sleek as a missile, 
I shot up into the air, up where I could see beyond the tops of the short, choppy waves. I took a look. Then, too stunned to line up for a dive, I belly flopped. The first dolphin in history to belly flop. There's a volcano over there. There's an actual volcano. We don't have a volcano. I would have noticed that. That was definitely a volcano, Tobias agreed. Is it some weird effect from the explosion? Jake asked. Like maybe setting up that bomb in the fissure caused some kind of sudden eruption? We have to get back. People could be hurt. Something is way wrong here, I said. Volcanoes don't just suddenly erupt. Besides, look at how high that thing is. That takes hundreds of years of lava and ash building up. How do you know anything about volcanoes? Jake demanded. Did we do volcanoes in school? No, it was... some other place. I mumbled. But they all just waited. Waited to hear how I knew about volcanoes. Oh, alright. It was the magic school bus, okay? They went into a volcano. Excuse me, Axe said politely. But something very large is coming toward us. A pair of creatures of some sort. I just echolocated them. A pair of whales, I said dismissing it. I saw them earlier. I think we need to hold back to land and see what... Not whales, Axe said. Who cares? Maybe you missed it, Axe, but we have a volcano. A volcano! Right about where all our houses should be. Let's get going. Cassie, you need to... Uh, what is that? Cassie asked. She was staring hard, but she started to morph back into Dolphin. What? That! I turned to follow the direction of her stare. We all turned. It rose ten feet from the water. A very long neck. Like a grey-green giraffe. On the end of that neck was a sculpted, streamlined head, about two feet long. And coming up, right behind it, was another neck and head. No way! Tobias whispered. What is that? The Loch Ness Monster? Marco cried. It's Visor 3 and Morph! I said. No, wait! Can't be! There's two of them! No way! Tobias said again. They're coming after us! Cassie said. As I said, Axe said smugly, Not Wales! Chapter 5 Tobias I knew what it was. Or at least, I knew what it looked like. But I wasn't about to say anything. If I was wrong, Marco would tease me about it till the day I died. Besides, it was impossible. Totally impossible. So I didn't say anything. But, oh man, I hauled my dolphin tail out of there. They're too fast, Jake said. Man, they're fast. We were plowing up the now placid water. We were going flat out. But the creatures were gaining on us. And the whole time, in my head, I was going, No way! No way! And yet, with each glance at those long necks, with each flash of those snake heads, I became more convinced. The creatures were no more than a hundred feet back. We can't outrun them, Jake said grimly. We either have to split up or fight. Fight, Rachel said. 
They're just some kind of big squid or something, probably. Let's get them. I liked Rachel even before I became a hawk. But now I really liked her. She could be a bird of prey. She'd be a natural. But she was wrong this time. Split up, I said. I don't think we can beat them. We haven't tried yet, she said. You don't understand. Look, I know this will sound crazy, but... Swoosh! Coming up from below, like some weird, massively-sized dolphin. Forty, fifty feet long. An impossibly huge jaw opened wide. We'd been watching the creature chasing us. All I had time to see of this new threat was the flash of teeth. Ah! It had me. No time to move. Up, up, up I went. High into the air, trapped in those massive jaws as it broke the surface. It tossed me up, just like I'd seen seabirds do with a fish. Tossed me up, opened its massive jaws, and swallowed me whole. I was being swallowed. I was unconscious, then conscious again, then unconscious. I hit water. No, not water. Too warm. Hot. Burning. My skin was burning. I was blind. Deaf, except for the sound of churning. And the steady bass drum of a heart beating. Then, something else beside me. My dolphin sense knew. It was another dolphin. Who is that? It's me. An enraged voice cried. Rachel! Who did you expect? Jonah? We have to get out of this thing. Ah! My skin is itching and burning. Stomach acid, I said. It's digesting us. It's not digesting me, Rachel said. I'm gonna morph. I'm tearing a hole out of here. You have to pass through a human to morph, I said. The stomach acid. No choice. I could already feel her changing. I felt human fingers pressed against me in the gnashing enclosed space. She was right. No other choice. And I wasn't going to let her do it alone. I had very few morphs available to me, and only one that would help here. But first I had to revert to bird form. Something like a rock was in the stomach. It was grinding against me with the movements of the stomach wall. And as I lost the tough hide of a dolphin and regained the fragile hollow bones of my own hawk body, the beating became deadly. Even Rachel's body was crushing me as her elbows and fists and knees were shoved against me time and again. But all that was nothing to compare to one simple fact. I couldn't breathe. Suffocating. Air! I moaned. Rachel couldn't answer. She was human again. But I knew she must be suffocating too. My left wing was broken. My tail was a mess. I was racked with pain. But none of that mattered because I was going down now sinking and swirling down a long, black well. Too late to morph again. I knew it. I was done. And my last conscious thought was a flash of myself, years earlier, back when I was still completely human. I saw myself playing with the little plastic figurine, a plastic twin model of the animal whose belly I was in. A booklet had come with the figurine. I'd memorized all the facts in that booklet. They were wrong. I thought as my mind shut down. It's bigger than they said. Chapter 6 Jake It has Rachel and Tobias! Cassie screamed. I knew. 
I'd been on the surface when the monster had snatched them up and tossed them down its throat. But I couldn't think about that. I still had three people with me. I had to save them. The long neck creatures were behind us. The larger one in front. Which would eat us. Everyone, dive! I said. What about... Marco began. Do it! I roared. Down we went. Down, fifty, sixty, seventy feet. The monsters were like ships overhead. The two long-necked ones started to dive after us. Then they hesitated. The larger creature, the one that had gotten Rachel and Tobias, was closing in. No, while they're still arguing about who gets to eat us. I said, let's get out of here. We can't leave Rachel and Tobias, Cassie said. Can you beat that thing, Cassie? I demanded. You want to stay here and try? Sooner or later those creatures will decide who we belong to. We have to run while they're fighting over us. Rachel! Cassie cried in thought speak. Rachel, can you hear me? Rachel! No, Cassie! Marco, X, get her! Marco and X each bit down on a flipper and dragged Cassie away. Let me go! Rachel! 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 I felt sick inside. Mad at Cassie. Scared. Beaten. And for some reason, even mad at Rachel and Tobias. But mostly, I felt sick. What was happening? We swam away as fast as we could. I heard a screeching roar of rage reverberating through the water. The monsters were fighting. We swam toward shore. And after a while, Cassie swam on her own. The seafloor beneath us sloped up and up, rising to meet us. When we were in no more than five feet of water, we began to demorph. I hoped we could do it. I didn't know how long we'd been in morph. I gradually resumed my own body. I lifted myself sluggishly out of the water and staggered up the beach. I flopped face down, then rolled over. Cassie and Marco came seconds later. Axe took an extra few minutes and appeared in human morph. Something is very wrong, Prince Jake, he said. I didn't answer. Of course something was wrong. Rachel and Tobias were probably dead. So something would always be wrong now. Forever. Jake, Axe is right, Marco said. Get up. Look at this. I stood up. Marco, Axe, and Cassie were all staring, open-mouthed, across the beach toward the boardwalk. There was no boardwalk. No hot dog stands, no ferris wheel, no video arcades. No buildings at all. No people. Nothing but a line of trees pressed right up against the sand. And off above the trees, the cone of the volcano with a tall plume of smoke. This isn't home, Marco said. What is going on here? I wondered. I slogged up the beach toward the trees. I expected to see something behind the trees. But behind the front row of trees were just more trees. Far off, through the gaps in the tree trunks, I caught glimpses of an open space. But I was seeing grass and flowers there, not a city. Marco and Cassie came up behind me. Listen, Marco said. Listen to what? The quiet, just the breeze of the trees. Cassie said, No seagulls. There are always gulls. I noticed something else. There's no trash. No old soda cans. No candy wrappers. Nothing. I mean, nothing. So, what happened? Marco asked. 
That explosion blew us halfway around the planet to some desert island somewhere in the middle of nowhere? I shrugged. Most of my brain was still focused on Rachel and Tobias. I wasn't tracking. And yet, I felt a nagging sense of urgency. A little voice telling me to get it together. A little warning voice telling me we were not safe. I turned around. Axe, what are you doing? He was about a hundred yards down the beach. I'm trying to understand something, Prince Jake. I headed toward him. The sand was darker and rougher than I remembered. But then, who knew where we were? The tracks I saw in the sand seemed to have been made by large birds. I got this sudden, illogical rush, thinking maybe they'd been left by Tobias. They looked like they'd been made by Talons. But, of course, that was impossible. I had gotten Tobias and Rachel killed. If only I had been watching ahead instead of looking behind, I could have seen the threat coming. I should have had everyone morph Shark. Then we could have fought. Should have. Should have. No footprints, Cassie said. No human footprints, anyway. We reached Axe. He was staring toward the trees. I followed the direction of his look. There was a sort of alleyway through the trees. Some were bent aside. Some had the branches on one side broken, hanging limp with dying leaves. Other trees were simply snapped, broken. And along this alleyway, the top third of the trees seemed to have been stripped of leaves. Marco stared too. He bumped into me and shoved me into a hole in the sand. I was going to shove him back, but this was no time to be playing around. I am still unfamiliar with some earth creatures, Ark said. Creatures. Tell me, what sort of creature can do that? Probably a tornado or something, I said vaguely. I've seen things like that on TV when there's been a tornado. Ah, Ark said. Does a tornado have feet? I almost smiled. No, a tornado is a windstorm. I see. Then this was not caused by a tornado. Whatever did this has feet. How do you know? Cassie asked. Because Prince Jake is standing in one of the footprints. I looked down. It could have been the footprint of an elephant, except that the toes were more like claws. Plus, the print sank at least six inches into the sand. And, oh yes, it was about four feet across. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and imagine my surprise when I opened up uh, my podcast email, that's audiomorphscast at gmail.com, and saw not one, but three new messages for me. Very cool. That's the most I've ever gotten in uh, a week, for sure. Um, and it's just very cool to hear from people. So thank you all for writing in. Let's, uh, let's, let's go through them. First up is one from uh, Mika. They gave a... a pronunciation guide to their name at the bottom here and i hope i understood that correctly and pronounced that correctly if not i'm sorry uh who wrote in hi daniel i remember eyeing the animorphs books as a kid wishing i could read them because they looked so cool but i had pretty much skipped from kids books to adult fantasy and science fiction skipping the ya genre to be honest i didn't take the animorphs from the library because i was embarrassed thinking i'd be made fun of for reverting to ya that means i'm reading the animorphs for the first time through your podcast what a ride 
I've been listening to lots of audiobooks at work. I work in a science lab involving lots of quiet, automatic work. Uh, and searched, hopefully, for the Animorphs. I was so delighted to find your podcast, especially since it already had three plus years of books. I've been meaning to contact you for days, and I'm finally, and I'm glad I finally got around to it. I have so many things to say, but naturally, I can't remember most of them, so I'll just say the things I do. One, I thought about listening to the full books at some point instead of the shorter episodes, but I agree with at least one other reader who contacted you that it allows me to keep track of where I am in the books more easily. Besides that, I was bummed at the idea of missing your after-show notes, because I actually enjoy them quite a bit. It's great to hear about things you care about and are important to you, as well as hearing from other fans when you read their emails, etc. 2. I think it was during book 16 or 17 that an Australian woman contacted you and offered to help out with the voices for Australian characters when it becomes relevant. Besides the offer being lovely, the amount of relief in your voice made me laugh. 3. I am currently in the... And then there's a strike through relative beginning. Um, and then, a uh, correction, you just ended an episode and said we were coming to the end of book 18 while I was writing this. Uh, of book 18, and dreading getting up to date and having to wait between episodes. I've been listening to you at work, and while walking to and from work, during dog walking I do, for some people, while I do the dishes... What will I do when I'm up to date? And then there's that little emoji that's kind of like uh, holding their, their cheeks and shouting like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. That's like, ah! Uh, very fun. Four, a few episodes ago, in book 17, I think, during your usual after-show notes, you were telling people to let their friends know about the podcast and made me laugh so hard. Quote, if you use Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and review. If you have friends, hilariously long pause, please share this with them. Uh, five, I remember you were really excited when you first discovered you had gone, quote, or, <laughs> I read good, uh, you had, quote, gone international, so I'll add that I'm a listener from Israel. Six, you also said at some point within the last couple of books that you had gone back and listened to some episodes from book one and were amazed at how you've improved in so many ways. So I'll absolutely strengthen that. I've enjoyed hearing the audio improve, but much more than that, the confidence you have in your voice and the various voices you do for everyone, in your after-show notes. It's great. I can't think of anything else at the moment, but I expect that going forward, I'll probably send something your way after episodes come out. Hope that's okay. Uh, Mika, thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for writing so much. Thank you for uh, absolutely binging the crap out of my podcast and catching up with it. All of that is so cool. Uh, let, let me go through your points one by one and kind of give my comments to those uh, as well. Uh, before that, uh, your pre pre list. Uh, you mentioned you work in a science lab. Very cool. I actually uh, work in the biotech field. I'm not a scientist, but I, I do some lab support. So, uh, internet high five for another lab person. Uh, so your first one, you said uh, that you agree that you like the shorter ones. Um, I'm great. I'm glad that some people do. Very cool. Um, I do that just so I can keep myself on track and consistently releasing, but uh, thank you for liking that, and uh, you mentioned you actually enjoy my after-show notes, which is also very cool. Sometimes I do wonder if anyone listens to this part, um, but I'm vain and like to hear uh, myself talk about myself, so I put them in. <laughs> um, so thank you for liking that. Uh, then you said uh, point two about... Um, oh, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on your name. I became fr Facebook friends with her. Uh, and I should remember your name, but I have forgotten. The Australian woman <laughs> who hosts, uh, who is one part of uh, the co-host for Femme Detail. Uh, I'm very sorry that I can't remember your name right now. Um, 
the the amount of relief my voice made you laugh um that was not exaggerated in any way i was really sincerely stressing about that i cannot do an australian accent on point three um you're wondering what you're gonna do when you're up to date i don't know i can't help you i'm sorry <laughs> thank you for binging and, and getting up to date though um it's very cool to think about someone like waiting uh for episodes at point four, uh, my joke that I guess I made about friends, um, I honestly don't remember, but thank you for laughing at my dumb humor. Number five, uh, very cool that you're from Israel. Uh, shout out to Israel. Love, love to hear that I have listeners from all over the world. That's wild to me. I honestly didn't even know I was going to get any listeners when I started this. It was just kind of a thing for me to do uh, with my free time. And that I figured maybe a couple of friends or a couple of people in the U.S. Uh, would listen to. Awesome that I'm international. That's so cool to me. Um, then you complimented uh, the improvement on my audio quality and my confidence in reading. And thank you both for both of those. Um, yeah, it was uh, a little a little scary starting out. I hadn't real. I mean, I hadn't done any podcasting or any sort of uh, recording like that really in a serious way before that. Uh, people always have complimented me on my voice, though, so I was like, um, I want to do something. Let me try this out. I've always been a little self-conscious um, about my voice, but clearly I've gotten over that. Um, this helped a lot, um, and I am glad that you enjoy my take on these characters and the very limited amount of voices I can come up with. So, all in all, thank you so much, Mika, for writing in. Uh, I can't wait to hear from you again. Please, if you ever feel like sending something in, uh, please do. I love to read uh, people's comments on what I do. I got another message from uh, I, Hannah. It says, Hi, Daniel. This is Hannah. I really appreciate you reading Animorphs. Now I can play a nostalgic childhood favorite putting my baby to bed. Super duper good job. Except for Marco, a bunch of uh, crying laughing emojis. Just kidding. A bunch of heart emojis. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Hannah, for writing in, and um, I wouldn't blame you if you found Marco obnoxious. <laughs> uh, was running out of voices, and I don't know, I feel like kind of uh, a nasally, kind of annoying voice fits Marco, because he's kind of a nasally annoying dude to me. Um, and I say that in a loving way, I love Marco, I relate to his uh, comedy coping mechanisms a lot. Also, I'm short, and he's short, so you know, short recognizes short. Uh, finally... We have one from uh, Freed. Uh, oh, you know what? You put your name in the audio. I'm just gonna. <gasps> you put. I think you said your name in the audio you, clip you sent me, and um, I've already forgotten. I think it's Frida. Um, but you wrote, uh, "Greetings. My name is Frida." And below is a short voice clip of me saying "jerk" in Norwegian. I sent this as a response to your comments in your post-credits about saying jerk like a Norwegian in episode 137. Hi, Daniel Hiller. I'm just going to interrupt myself real quick. I realized after I listened back to that audio recording that Frida was saying uh, jerk, but spelled it with a J in their email, which might be a Norwegian thing. I don't know very much about Norway. Uh, so just a brief correction that's not how you pronounce jerk in Norwegian. It is how you pronounce yerk. The Andalite Chronicles. Uh, love your podcast and hope you'll continue and don't get in trouble. Sincerely, Frida from Norway. Awesome to uh, get someone writing in from Norway. Again, love hearing that I have an international audience. That's so cool. Thank you for sending in this voice clip. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you'd be comfortable with me putting it in the podcast. So I'll just put the clip of you saying uh, yerk, jerk. Yak or yak. 
I am going to be honest. I don't remember uh, what this is in reference to, but I believe you. And thank you for uh, clarifying how you would say jerk in uh, Nordic. So thank you. <laughs> um, very cool. First uh, audio clip I've ever gotten too. That was an uh, interesting experience. Thank you so much, Frida. And that is all the messages. But if you would also like to send me a message, could be about the podcast, could be about your life, could be about my life, could be about anything you want. I'm not picky. Uh, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or through my website, theapodclips.com. That's the apodclips, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Um, so with all of that out of the way, of course, if you're using Apple Podcasts and you'd like to leave me a rating and or review... I sure would appreciate it, you know, the algorithms, SEO, uh, synergy, all, all those buzzwords. We love it, and I love to hear uh, feedback. If you have uh, <laughs> if you have friends, um, which I'm sure you do, and you think they'd be interested in this, please let them know. Um, that's just a kindness to both them and to me. And uh, I've mentioned my po- website, theapodclips.com. If you have some free time, maybe go look at it. I pay real people money for it. And um, so, you know, might as well use it. That hosts all my um, creative endeavors, I guess. Um, it's mostly uh, <laughs> dumb t-shirt designs I put on Redbubble. And uh, my other podcast I'm currently doing, which is a rewatch podcast, uh, where me and my friend Jesse are currently rewatching Riverdale, uh, which is a phenomenal TV show. Okay, uh, that is all I have for you this week. Again, thank you so much, uh, Mika, Hannah, and Frida for writing in. And uh, I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. <laughs>